So we are starting a new series tonight. Uh, this is going to be a relationship series. So we're going to talk each week about different relationships and how you can do better at them, how you can uh, have stronger ones, how you can strengthen them, how all kinds of things like that. Uh, this week, first, we're going to talk about friendships. We are going to talk about having friends, about what makes a good friend, about what makes you a good friend, about things along those lines. And so I've got a few scriptures I'm going to read before kind of the main one. And so this is Proverbs 13.20. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. So basically, this is really easy to understand what he's saying. Uh, I'm going to go through the rest of these in a second. But basically... When, at this age, you guys all kind of have friends that you've grown up with, you have friends that you've known for a while, uh, some of you have friends that, that you're really close to, some of you have friends that are good influences, some of you have friends uh, that aren't so good influences, sometimes you are the bad influences. But what happens is, there's a saying that a lot of older people will use, it's like one rotten apple spoils the bunch, and they'll use that for a lot of different things, but it's, it has a basis in truth, because what happens is the more you hang around a group of people, the more you hang around people, the more you allow people into your life, the more you tend to make your life uh, become like theirs. So like you may start out with, yeah, it's okay. I, I know that they don't believe the same way I do or they do different things than I do. I don't go with them. And it works for a while, but eventually you get to this place where it's like, ah, you know, this really sounds fun, or I don't have this, and, and you start to give in a little more and more. When I was in high school, uh, I had two friends, and we were super cool. I mean, two, we were, no, we, we had, we may or may not have, I'm not going to go into what we called ourselves. Okay, we may or may not have called ourselves the Click KLIQ, and had like nicknames, and maybe earrings that had our nicknames on them, but uh, my ears still pierced, but, uh, and so, and so we, but we were kind of, well, we were dorks, but we also, we, we were normal. So, like, I studied kind of, I got good grades. They mostly got good grades. We kind of hung out. We played video games. We watched TV, things like that, movies. But then as they grew, uh, they one of them started to become, like, the player type of guy where he would uh, just have, like, five girlfriends at once and none of them would know about each other. And it wasn't a cool thing and I didn't like it. And so they started going to parties. They started doing things like that. They started getting drunk and were in high school. They started doing all of those things. And so like they would say, hey, our goal is to get you drunk. And like they, that would be their thing. And that's a bad influence. Like regardless, so it, it goes from, it goes from, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to judge their life, which is good, to the more you hang out with somebody, the more you can get in trouble. When I was in college, uh, I lived in a house my senior year. I didn't do anything. Uh, my main roommate didn't do anything, but we had a guy his friend who lived in the basement who was a big pothead. And, and so I was always worried about it because it, you may not know this, but if you're ever in a house and there's drugs or something illegal going on and cops walk through, they're not going to say, oh, you're friends, but you didn't do anything. They're going to say you're going to jail. And so like, those are the types of things I'm talking about. We don't realize how much of an influence our friends are. Like we think, well, I kind of control my life. I'm myself. I'm me. You know, I do what I do. All of those things. But when you surround yourself with people who do bad things, who do stupid things, who give bad advice, little by little, you kind of chip away at your life. And that's what this is saying. And then it said, a friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in time of need. Um, sometimes you'll have people in your life who are really good friends until things get really hard. Uh, and, and you'll find that like, Maybe you'll tell them something that you didn't want anybody to know, and then that'll start getting around, like a rumor will go around or a secret will get around, and, and you'll start to really question your friendship, but you'll kind of forgive them, which is good, but then it happens again and again and again. In your case, sometimes you're going to have this chance to really 
do the same thing. Like people are going to trust you. And you're like, man, you know, if I just let this slip, I really like that girl too, or I really like that guy too. And whatever it is, like you can kind of go against each other. And so this is saying, hey, friendships are important. Um, One of the things that I've said a lot is, if you are a Christian, your closest friends should also believe the same as you. They should be Christian too. That does not mean you should only be friends with Christians. It doesn't mean you should only be friends with people that go to this church, but it means your closest friends, like your best friends, the people you go to for advice, the people you you trust the most, because then you know that what they give you, the advice they give you, what they're, they're encouraging you to do, comes from the same place as what you believe. It comes from the same types of things. And so you're going to grow close to people that are in the sports that you are, in, in the bands that you are, in the groups that you are, in the clubs that you are. You're going to grow close to those people. A- and so you're going to be put into situations where like they do something and it's like, man, I'm going to feel so left out if I don't go do this. Uh, another thing that I've, I've already said it to you guys before, but we worry so much about fitting in and we worry so much about popularity, even with just our friends. And your closest friends you'll probably hold on to for a while. And some of you will stay friends with your best friends for forever. But most of the people that you worry so much about their influence, about their opinion, about what they think of you, about fitting in with you, like five years after high school, you're not even going to remember their names uh, because it's like it's not built on anything. And again, that doesn't mean that they're worthless and it doesn't mean that you're worthless. It means that that's how life goes because you're going to go to a different college or a different city when you get married, like all kinds of different things come in. So the closest friendships are so important in what you're picking and you should look at these things as as. Wise does not mean that they're always right. It doesn't mean that they're perfect because they're not. But it means that you guys believe the same types of things. You, you, you're not shocked by what each other believes. You're, you're like, okay, we're in the same place. We may have disagreements sometimes because you're gonna. But it, it's about being loyal. It's about being close. And it's about asking for help. T- today I preached uh, in church. And one of the things that I talked about is sometimes the hardest thing for people to do is admit that they need help, to ask for help. And so if you have close friends, it's sometimes hard to say, you know what, I I really need help with this. I really need uh, a dollar this week, or I really need uh, a a nickel to go to the movies, or something like that. I'm just joking. But I really need, uh, yeah, I really need, I really need, uh, I really need a bite to eat. I really need a ride. I really need something, like whatever it is, like you may have something that you really need, and you're like, man, if I ask, then they're going to think that that I'm, just always needing something. They're not going to actually care. Like, they'd never ask me, blah, blah, blah. But everybody needs help at some point. Now, you would probably be right at the, the front of the line if one of your friends, your closest friends, needed help with something. But then when it's you, it's like, well, I can't ask. But part of being a friend is being willing to ask, understanding that you're there in times of need. Building these friendships are important. It's good to have acquaintances. It's good to have a lot of friends. But to have the closest friends in your life be similar to you, have your beliefs, do those types of things, be trustworthy as vital. And then an open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Uh, This does not mean go and kiss your enemy. What this means is essentially be willing to accept the truth. So what I would say, and what I even say to adults, is always have some people in your life who are willing to say, no, you're stupid. Now, I'm not saying if you're trying to do something like study and you're trying, you're like, hey, I want to be a doctor. Like, no, you're stupid. Not that kind of stupid. But I'm saying if you're like, hey, you know what? Uh, my name is Nate, and I'm going to go to the top of the church, and I've got this, this blanket that I is totally going to be a parachute, and I'm going to, it's a weighted blanket, and it's going to be a parachute, and I am going to jump off, and I am going to, to have the greatest TikTok of all time, and I'm going to just be amazing. And Luke will hopefully say, no, that's stupid. Now, Nate, at that point, can be like, well, we're not friends anymore, and then he go do it anyway and break his leg, but 
if you are close with these people, if you are close with your friends, you have to be willing to accept when you're wrong. Be willing to accept when you're about to do something stupid. Be willing to accept when you're about to make a big mistake. Uh, we'll talk next week about dating and things like that, but this comes up a lot because sometimes you'll like somebody that you know is wrong for you, and your friend is like, no, 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 I know this, and I know that, and I know what this has happened, and I know how this has happened, I know how they've been, and you're like, whatever, it's different for me. And like, we all kind of do that. But when you're giving advice, you also too have to do it honestly and truthfully and kindly. So if you have a friend that is doing something or about to do something stupid be willing to tell them no but also do it kindly don't say like Luke said no you're stupid be like hey you know we got to think this through like let's talk this out are you sure you want to do this let me tell you let me tell you what some of the consequences are let me tell you how this could be but you have to be close enough to accept that now this can be really hard because if it's something that you really, really want to do, and not even something bad, but something that you're like, I'm so, I'm going to be the greatest drag racer of all time, and, and it's like, I'm going to go to the bypass, and I'm just going to tear through it, and, and just, I'm going to be the, the greatest, I'm going to live my life a quarter mile at a time, and I'm going to, to tear through the bypass, and I'm going to win every drag racing championship in northern Ohio, west, southwestern Ohio, wow, that was way different, southwestern Ohio, and, and your friend is like, whoa, 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 First off, you have a Pinto, and second off, you're almost out of gas, and third off, the bypass will literally kill you because nobody knows how to use it, and all of these different things. You have to be willing to accept that advice in life, in, in fun, in all kinds of things. In school, uh, it's so hard to do. It's easy to give advice because we all want to be right, but it's hard to give it uh, kindly, but it's also even harder to accept it. Because again, we all think we're right. We all think that we are the champion. I used a little thing in church this morning that we all think, a lot of people tend to think that when you leave the room, everybody else just kind of goes and sits down and waits for you to come back into the room and all the lights go out. And it's like, oh, I can't wait till our game starts again because we're NPCs. But that's not how life works. Everybody has their own life and everybody has their own opinion. So you have to be willing to listen. And I want to look at a friendship that is considered one of the best in the Bible. A and so this is going to kind of illustrate some of these things. First Samuel 18, one through three. After David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. Uh, there was an immediate bond between them for Jonathan loved David. From that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. So this is after Saul has announced that he's going to kill David, essentially. Uh, he threw a spear at him. He knew that David was going to be the next king. He knew that, uh, hey, shut the door. He knew that uh, David was, was next in line. He knew that God had chosen him. He, he knew that, that everybody loved David. David had killed Goliath. Like it was this big heroic thing. A and so Saul's son, Jonathan, is, would have been the next in line if not for David. So Jonathan could have been in this situation like, yeah, he should kill David. This, this should be how it goes. This should be what happens because he, he, he doesn't deserve this. It's mine. It's my dad's and I want to take it, blah, blah, blah. But when Jonathan and him met, they clicked. And they're like, hey, we believe in the same God. We follow him. Uh, uh, you know, I'm going to be your closest friend. And so he was willing to be his friend even though his father hated him. He was willing to be his friend even though his life was in danger. This was a friendship that was based on, on really big family drama, on, on the chance that David might die. And so there are going to be times where you're going to be in similar situations with your closest friends, not necessarily where a king's trying to kill you, hopefully, but, but where 
everything in your life is, go, is falling apart and everybody's kind of against you and you only have this friend or a couple friends and those are the types of friends that you have to be willing to count on. That's why belief is so important in something like this for the closest friends. Uh, I talked about the prodigal son not long ago and how he had all these people around him when things were good and when he had a lot of money and when, when things were fun and they had uh, casinos and prostitutes and all these things and there were people everywhere because they were able to just do whatever they wanted but then as soon as the money went away, all of them went away and yet when he came home, his father was there who was his friend and, and and this is how friendship should work it should be like a family and this is what we see with David and Saul uh, the next scripture tell me what I can do to help you Jonathan exclaimed this is after essentially Saul has said I'm going to kill him like it's over like I am going to kill him Jonathan I want you to trick him and tell him to go to this field and I'm going to throw a spear through his head basically uh, tell me what I can do to help you Jonathan exclaimed David replied tomorrow we celebrate the new moon festival uh, I've always eaten with the king on this occasion, but tomorrow I'll hide in the field and stay there until the evening of the third day. If your father asks where I am, tell him I ask permission to go home to Bethlehem for an animal, an annual family sacrifice. If he says fine, uh, you will know all is well, but if he is angry and loses his temper, you will know he's determined to kill me. Show me this loyalty as my sworn friend, for we made a solemn pact before the Lord, or kill me yourself if I have sinned against your father, but please don't bet betray me to him. Never, Jonathan exclaimed. Uh, you know that I had the slight. You know that if I had the slightest notion my father was planning to kill you, I would tell you at once. This scripture does not say that any time your parents say something, you go run to your friend and do the opposite of what your parents said. This is not what is happening. This is a very serious thing where where. Jonathan's father is literally insane and murderous and he wants to kill David and David goes to him which takes a lot of faith and a lot of trust. Imagine if your best friend's dad wants to kill you and you go to their house to talk to their friend. It takes a lot of trust in that relationship. And so Jonathan is put in this, in this incredible situation where he has to choose essentially between family and friend. Now hopefully you're never in that situation and I think in most cases no one really ever is like this. But this is a, a, a different situation. This is a crazy situation. And so he has to choose not just family and friend, but what is right and wrong. And so you should always choose what is right. And so with his friend, he has built loyalty, he has built trust. He, he, they have love together. They, they trust each other. They trust God. They share so many things. They have hung out. They have built this strong relationship based around God, based around what they, they both love. They've based it around life. And so they know that they have that bond. And even though everything is going wrong, kind of for both of them, Jonathan now has to go and talk to his dad. And there's going to be a huge temptation there because his dad is the king and it's crazy. But David trusts him to do that. So again, if you have somebody in your life and you consider them a close friend and you're like, I wouldn't trust them to do that, then they're not really your close friend. If you have somebody in your life and when you can't take them somewhere or you can't do something for them or you can't give them something that they want and they're like, well, we're not friends anymore, then they're not really close friends. Now again, this doesn't mean that you should cut everybody out of your life that's not your best friend, that's not a Christian. You shouldn't. But your closest friends, your best friends, the people that you confide in, the people that you take their advice, the people that you rely on, they should have this relationship with you just as they do with God, just as David and, and, and Jonathan do. And as this story goes, David literally has to go on the run for his life, and Jonathan is left there to answer for the fact that he went against his father. Uh, and, and he doesn't die here, he eventually dies, not for that. But, but it's such a crazy thing that their friendship had to survive against so many different things because it was built on God. Whatever you build on him will, will matter so much. And there's one more scripture that I want to read that goes along with all of this. This is John 15, 12 through 13. This is my commandment, 
Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Again, this doesn't mean that if you're walking down the street and your best friend is walking somewhere and you're like, I'm going to go jump in front of this bus just on the off chance that that might turn the corner and hit my friend. That's kind of stupid. But to lay down your life for your friend means you're willing, again, to be honest. You're willing to tell them how you really feel. You're willing to tell them no. You're willing to tell them what, not what they need to hear, but, or not what they want to hear, but what they need to hear. You're willing to, to trust them, and you're willing to let them trust you. You're willing to give them advice, and you're willing to take advice. You're willing to give them help, and you're willing to take help. You're building a relationship built on trust, built on God, and because you both have those same beliefs, there are still going to be times that you go against each other, that you don't trust each other, you get in fights, because every best friend group has trouble sometimes. Every group of friends, like you're going to have a disagreement, you're going to be together too much, and you're going to get annoyed with each other, you're going to think that each other smells, you're going to take each other's food, something's going to happen, and you're going to get be like this sucks I'm going home and whatever I remember when I was a kid like I had one of my closest friends we used to throw rocks at each other because boys are stupid and and we would do this and you know it was just kind of like hey neat and then if one of us hit then we'd get mad and we'd stop hanging out for a while and it's just again boys are stupid that's the lesson there but you're going to have ups and downs with your friends but when it's really down when things are awful when when everything is against you, you have this love, this love that is like family love, this love that is built on God, this love that is true, this love that you built over time. Uh, when I talk about prayer, I talk about the fact that you should look at Jesus like your best friend, like if something good happens, you text them. If something bad happens, you text them. You're always there for them, and they're always there for you, and that's how that works. And, and that relationship, Jesus is saying, hey, love each other like I love you. Love each other like you love me. This doesn't mean worship your friends. Don't do that. But it means that that love that you build is r real. It's not something you can just throw away. And again, if you have friendships in your life, and I'm talking your closest friendships, if you are with your best friends and you don't feel that you have that, Again, don't just say, well, we're done, but talk to them. Be like, hey, why don't we have this? Like, what is this about? Because if you base your friendships on just who is cool and you base your friendships on who is the best at Fortnite or on who's killed the most puppies, like Rob, if you base your friendships on, on if you base your friendships, if you base your friendships on who's the best at sports, if you base your friendship on who gets the best grades or the worst grades, however you do, if you base your friendships on things that go away, just like if you base your identity on it, eventually you're going to, one of you is going to have a problem or both of you is going to have a problem and you're going to be stuck without a friend. And so your best friends, your closest friends should be people who you have been through the, the hard times, the good times. You've been through everything. And, and like David and Jonathan, you've built it on God. And you said, you know what? Uh, we both believe, and, and so you're about to, to consider this thing. You're about to consider doing this thing, and I don't agree with it. And the hard part there is if they're like, I don't care what you think. And even as a best friend, they wouldn't say it like that, but if they're like, I don't, I don't really agree with you, is to have such a level of friendship that you can say, you know what, we disagree on this, but we're still cool. And, and that can be hard sometimes. The older you get, uh, it can almost be harder because you're in less situations where you have people like you do in school, like you do at church, like you do in youth, and so the friendships that you build on God, though, those are the friendships that last. And when Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you, love one another as you love me, that means be that friend for them. Be trustworthy, be honest, be helpful, be willing to say, no, you're being, doing something stupid. Be willing to disagree, be willing to be honest. 
one of the temptations that you'll find in high school for everybody is even with your closest friends, you kind of want to just say yes all the time. Or you kind of want to just say, yeah, that's a good idea because you're afraid of losing them. You're afraid that they won't be your friend anymore. The same thing kind of happens when you get your first job. Like most people that I found when they get their first job in high school, they will tell them, yeah, I want to ask off on Sundays and I want to ask off on Wednesdays or whatever day church is, whatever day like your, your family stuff is. And then like, they'll be like, oh, cool. Like we're Kroger and we'll let you do that and, and so they, they do it but then two weeks in they're like oh we got to work you here and so most kids are like the reason they'll do that is because they know that most kids are afraid to confront them and say hey you said this blah blah blah, blah because they're so afraid of losing that job and with friendships it can kind of be the same thing to where you're so afraid of losing that close friendship you're so afraid of losing that best friend that you're afraid to be honest and you're afraid to hear honesty from them but again if you have a friendship that is not able to withstand honesty, then it's not the type of friendship that you're going to miss in the long run anyway. And so again, have friends, hang out, be in clubs, be in sports, be in, in band, be in school, like do all of these things and definitely be in school, but do all of these things. But for your closest friends, your best friends, the ones that, that are there through thick and thin, base that on God, base that on your faith, base that on what is true, base that on, on the fact that they are living wisely or as you are living wisely, at least not that they're living foolishly. Base it on the fact that they will tell you exactly what they think and exactly what is right and exactly what is good and that you will do the same and then be that type of friend for them and whether they're your closest friend or not love all of them and love everyone around you the same as Jesus loves you because Jesus had 12 friends that were super close to him and all of them kind of sucked in one way or another one of them betrayed him one of them ran away from him one of them doubted him one of them denied him like all of these different things happen and yet he still loved them completely he still washed all of their feet he was still there for them and so as as Christians with your friends, be that type of, of uh, example, be that type of Christian, even if they're not your closest friends. Because our job as Christians is not to convert people. It's not to say, hey, you should come to church every week. That's good to do, to ask them to church. But it is to show them what it means to be a Christian. And so that's who you are when people are around, who you are when people aren't around. It's who you are when lights are on. It's who you are when the lights are off. It's who you are with your closest friend. It's friends. It's who you are with people that you're just kind of acquaintances, acquaintances with. It's who you are at all times. And so you should have people in your life that also do that for you. And that's all I got.